your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 718 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We've got a lot to do here today on Locked On New York Rangers. I originally thought about maybe just waiting until after tonight's game against the Devils, Monday night's game against the Devils, to record our second episode of the week. But, you know, it's Monday afternoon here, early Monday afternoon, and uh, there was obviously a lot to talk about after this most recent game against the Oilers. Of course, the Rangers basically just collapsed in the third period, uh, lose a game in just sickening fashion. Uh, I'm not going to sugarcoat it because that's pretty much what it was, uh, without a doubt, the worst loss of the season for the New York Rangers. But there's so many other things that I meant to discuss in that episode, and we just didn't have time for. So I wanted to kind of turn our attention to that today. And it's not all going to be negative. You know, we're going to turn the page here. I'm not going to continue to dwell and dwell and dwell on it. Uh, The one thing that I do want to talk about from that game for sure, though, is the incident between Jacob Truba and Leon Dreisaitl. And I didn't see this when it happened. I'm not even so sure the MSG cameras picked up on it, uh, but certainly uh, there were certain cameras that picked up on it because it made its rounds on social media uh, not too long after this Rangers and Oilers game concluded. So we're going to talk about that. Once again, the incident between Truba and Dreisaitl and how I think the Rangers should have handled it. Uh, Certainly going to talk about uh, the Rangers having a long overdue players only meeting. Uh, got to talk a little bit more about some recent changes to the Ranger lineup. They were doing things a little bit differently uh, at practice on Sunday. Also going to discuss the Kravtsov situation. It doesn't really look like he's going to be in the lineup tonight. I, I suppose we don't know for sure yet, but we shall see. And of course, if there's any updates between now and the time we finish recording here, then I'll certainly let you guys know. Um, but I do want to start uh, with the entire Truba and Dreisaitl situation. And Anybody who missed it, this is basically the long and short of it. So obviously the Rangers, disaster of a third period. We know that. Uh, We've got the Oilers scoring what turned out to be the game-winning goal on the power play with about 2.30 or so left in the game. Uh, Dreisaitl scored that goal right there from the doorstep, a little tip-in goal. And as the Oilers, you know, they they obviously they congratulate each other and they begin to skate up the boards to, you know, go down the, the bench line and, you know, bump fists with everybody like everybody always does after a goal. As the Oilers are heading there and as Dreisaitl is heading there, he passes by Jacob Truba. And as he's doing that, he swats Truba's stick out of his hand and then just kind of went on his merry way and did what, you know, every team does after a goal. They bump fists with other teammates. Jacob Truba in my very humble opinion, needs to respond here. And I know there's going to be some people that hear that and say, well, what do you want him to do? Do you want him to go uh, sucker punch Dreisaitl and take a penalty and put the Rangers shorthanded when you're now down by a goal in a game that you really want to win and hopefully you know, at least be able to find a way to get the equalizer there? No, that's not what I want Truba to do because that's a fair point. I don't think you're in a situation in the game when you consider that there's so little time left and the Rangers are now down by a goal and they've given away this lead in just jaw-dropping fashion, then yes, it's not a good idea for Truba to go take a penalty and attack Dreisaitl or anything like that. I'm not looking for him to sucker punch Dreisaitl in the back of the head. I'm not looking for him to like dive into the oiler bench and just start swinging on people. Nothing like that. But what I would have liked to have seen, you got to do something here. You're the captain of this New York Ranger team. 
you're basically being humiliated on your home ice, which is a collapse of a third period. And now on top of that, uh, this guy wants to disrespect you like that. Once again, in your building, in front of your fans, and you're the, ta- you're the captain of the New York Rangers. So what I would like to see here... And look, I mean, Truba's got a split second to decide how he wants to react here, and he probably reacted in a way uh, that all of you did, that being that he doesn't want to take a penalty and do something stupid and put his team in a really bad situation, an even worse situation than they were already in. I mean, God knows the Rangers took enough bad penalties in this third period here. But what I would like to have seen him done is, uh, you know, skate to where Dreisaitl is, wait until he gets done bumping fists with everybody, and then get in his face a little bit. You don't have to turn it physical or anything like that. I mean, if, if Truba confronts Dreisaitl after this happened, you know, I don't think he's going to get a penalty for that. And, you know, I saw some other people suggesting that, uh, you know, Dreisaitl for doing what he did to Truba, once again, knocking the stick out of his hands, you know, should that have been an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty? I think certainly it could have been. The, the case can be made because the play is over and uh, that's unsportsmanlike conduct for sure. Uh, so I think certainly there could have been a penalty called there. But to me, you know, that's that's very minor compared to uh, the bigger picture here, which is Jacob Truba, you know, just not responding there. Again, you're the captain of this team. Players are supposed to fear you. You're supposed to be the old school grit, snarl kind of guy. And to let him do this to you and just not respond at all, surprising. I, I would think Truba of just about anybody would, would have some kind of a response there. And like I said, don't turn it physical. Don't cross-check him the head or do anything ridiculous to take a penalty or get yourself suspended or anything like that. But I just feel like there's got to be some kind of a uh, response there as far as uh, Truba and Dreisaitl. And we'll see if anything happens. I believe they play at least once more this season. Haven't looked at the schedule. But uh, yeah, a little disheartening to see uh, the Ranger captain not uh, you know have any kind of a response there for sure. Um, and while we're talking about Truba, something else I wanted to mention here. And I'm really not trying to pile on, but there was a stat that I saw in an article from Vince Mercagliano, who, of course, you know, he does a great job uh, covering the Rangers. He's been unlocked on New York Rangers a couple of times, and we'll have to have Vince back on here sooner rather than later. Um, But he wrote an article recently where he referenced moneypuck.com. And per moneypuck.com, Truba and Keandre Miller have now given up 19 goals against when they're on the ice together, and that is tied for the worst in the NHL, which is a pretty mind-blowing stat. Um, Now, to Truba's credit, because he was interviewed as part of this article, he did take some accountability. He said, I can definitely be better. So again, at least he's kind of uh, self-aware and owning up to it. Um, And again, you know, there's a situation right now where Truba's playing through some quote-unquote nagging injuries. So hopefully those heal. Uh, Truba mentioned that they are healing uh, slowly but surely. I don't know what those injuries are because, you know, again, the NHL very, very uh, it, more so the clubs than the actual league, but the clubs very, very secretive when it comes to uh, to injuries in this league. Um, but you know, it, it's funny because I've talked in the past about wanting to do an episode where I make the case that uh, Fox, Lindgren, Miller, and Truba are one of, if not the best defenseman quartet in the league. Yeah, that episode is going to be on hold for some time because uh, Truba and Miller just have not played the way that, I mean, I frankly expected they would play this season. You know, they, they have played a little bit better recently, but I mean, these guys are supposed to be big time top-notch defensemen, guys that can be your top pairing if you need them to. And I just don't think that they've held up uh, their end of the bargain so far this season, if I'm being completely honest. Uh, So the other thing, the Rangers had a player over... uh, Yeah, the Rangers... Let's try this again. The Rangers had a player-only meeting, and one that I think uh, was, quite frankly, pretty overdue. There have been too many bad losses this season for something like this to not occur. Uh, Truba spoke up at the meeting, as you would expect that he would. He is, of course, the Ranger captain. Uh, He said of being the captain during this interview in this article, uh, there's a little more responsibility for sure. It wasn't the start in the first quarter of the year that we would have wanted, and it's about addressing it, 
talking about it, being upfront and being honest with guys, that's a major key that people know what's expected. And yeah, for sure. I mean, I'd be curious to know who else spoke in that meeting. I would imagine maybe some guys that have been there a while, uh, Kreider, Mika, they certainly come to mind. Uh, But the Rangers obviously need to be better. And you hope that this players only meeting, you know, these guys kind of hold each other accountable and everybody says what needs to be said. If you have something that you have to get off your chest, then do it. Uh, But hopefully it results in a better effort from this New York Ranger team and finally, hopefully beginning tonight against the Devils, this team actually putting together a complete 60 minutes, because I'm not so sure they've done it uh, since the first game of the season against Tampa. You could maybe argue against Detroit. Um, they had that killer third period in that game. They won that game 8-2. to two. Maybe a couple of other examples as well, but man, if, if they've played a full 60, you can definitely count it on one hand this season. That is for sure. Uh, the other thing I wanted to mention here was uh, the situation with Kraftsoff and him potentially getting back into the lineup. And when that might happen, and just kind of talk about that whole situation. And we're going to do all that in just a second. But first, I just got to let everybody know, today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league. From football to basketball to hockey to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline.net as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. All right, we just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. To kind of just keep things moving right along here. We're going to talk about one of the more polarizing New York Rangers to be sure, and that is, of course, Vitaly Kravtsov. He remains a healthy scratch, and we don't know for sure if he's going to be out of the lineup tonight. Uh, might depend on if Vincent Trocek is able to play or not. We'll have more on that in a second as well. But bottom line, uh, Kravtsov has been healthy for some time now, and he can't find a way back into the lineup. I believe it's now up to about six or seven games, uh, whatever it might be. But this is what Gallant had to say uh, about Kravtsov and him potentially you know, slotting back into the Ranger lineup. I like the kid, but right now, he's our extra forward. I'm happy with the lineup. The fourth line has been playing really well for us. So who am I going to take out to put him in when he's played six games this year and he's been hurt and he's had surgery? So a lot to unpack there. I mean, for starters, you know, he's happy with his forward group. I mean, okay, I get it to an extent. And, you know, the top guys, you're not going to take any of them out of the lineup. The usual candidates, as far as somebody that could come out of the lineup, for somebody like Kravtsov, I mean, I think you would look at maybe VZ or Gautier, but I think the Rangers like what they're getting out of both those guys. Um, VZ, you know, has been solid as a defensive forward for the Rangers this season. He continues to skate with Mika and Kreider, which, again, that's very much up for debate if that's really where he should be. Uh, but that's where he's been for uh, a good chunk of this season. Uh, Gautier giving the Rangers a little bit of secondary scoring. I wouldn't mind Gautier moving up at least into the top nine. You know, I, I think the fact that he's scoring goals— and doing so while only getting about six minutes per night, to me, that's very impressive, and I think it might be worthy of a promotion, and obviously, right wing is not an area of strength for this Ranger team right now, so I think it's at least something to consider. Um, as far as Kravtsov, though, I'd like to see him get back in. Again, he's a very polarizing Ranger. There's people that are dying to see him out there, and they, they want to see him out there in a top six role with Artemi Panarin, and Panarin can elevate Kravtsov, and this, that, and the other thing. Uh, there's people that want nothing to do with Vitaly Kravtsov, and I can understand that. 
given what he's pulled in recent seasons and given the fact that he hasn't really done a whole lot in the little amount of time that he's played for the Rangers both this season and also uh, two years ago when he got into 20 games at the end of the season for uh, the Rangers. So I get both you know viewpoints. I, I kind of fall somewhere in between because I think this Ranger team right now could really use a spark. And yes, Krasov has not produced a whole lot when he's been in the lineup, but sooner or later, you have to find out for sure what you have. And if the end game here is to trade Vitaly Krasov, and as I mentioned in a recent episode, I think we can all agree Vitaly Krasov is not going to be a Ranger for life. But if the end game is to trade Krasov, then you have to get him out there. You have to get him a little bit of ice time because if you don't do that, you are losing an ungodly amount of leverage when it comes to trade talks, when it comes to Vitaly Krasov. Because if he can't get into the lineup over guys like Jimmy Vesey and Sammy Blay and Ryan Carpenter, then how can Drury really ask for much of anything when it comes to a trade of Krasov to another team? I mean, we'll see how it uh, plays out. We've seen Drury uh, get more than we thought we would get for certain players. You know, guys like Reeves, guys like Alex Georgiev, a couple others as well. But yeah, I would like to see Krasov get an opportunity uh, at some point here. I don't think he needs to be a healthy scratch for the foreseeable future. Uh, one other thing that I wanted to mention here regarding Krasov, I was actually texting with my dad about this, and he made a point that I actually wanted to share uh, on this uh, episode here today. He made the point that, you know, with, with Krasov, could there be a situation where, you know, maybe the team hasn't really warmed up to him? Because you got to remember, and, and none of us know what goes on behind closed doors for sure. But Vitaly Krasov, again, he quit on this Ranger franchise twice. You know, both times with the AHL, I don't want to be here. I'm going home. And he ends up playing in the KHL for the rest of the season. So Vitaly Krasov is still here. But you know who's not still here? Guys like Dryden Hunt, guys like Ryan Reeves. Now, Hunt and Reeves, they have their flaws. They are not superstar players for sure. They have very specific skill sets. And I think both guys are bonafide fourth liners. I don't think either one of them should be playing above the fourth line. We saw Hunt get a little bit of run on the Panarin line last year. Always thought he was out of place there. But one thing about Dryan Hunt, he stood up for his teammates. He's a blue-collar player. He worked his tail off out there. And he did what was asked. And, you know, as far as I could tell, seemed to be a pretty popular player in the locker room. And you could say the same thing for Ryan Reeves. Ryan Reeves is very clearly very well-liked among uh, the Rangers players. And w- with Reeves, it's a little bit different because he requested the trade. Um, so I, I think that kind of softens the blow. And I-, I think the locker room is probably aware of that as well. Uh, but again, you know, you are down Ryan Reeves and Dryden Hunt, two guys that were here at the start of this season, we're only a quarter of the way through, and they're both gone. And, you know, Dryden Hunt, of course, was placed on waivers and claimed by the Avalanche. And both those guys were here for what was an outstanding season for the Rangers last season. And both of them, you know, they were in and out of the lineup in the playoffs. They both had mixed results in the playoffs, but they were here for all of it. And they went to battle with this team night in and night out. Both those guys are gone. And the guy that's quit on your team twice, Vitaly Krasov, is still here. And he's got the roster spot uh, over somebody like Dryden Hunt or somebody like Ryan Reeves. So it's something to keep in mind. Again, we don't know what goes on behind closed doors. And it's hard to, you know, know for sure what players think of Kravtsov, you know, watching them interact with each other on the ice. The one guy who I think uh, clearly has taken a liking to Kravtsov, and I've talked about this in the past, is Artemi Panarin. You know, they've stayed after practice to work on one-timers and things like that. Uh, You know, Panarin, when Kravtsov had a secondary assist earlier this season, it's a really important play. It set up the entire goal. And, uh, you know, Panarin was pointing at Kravtsov and kind of nodding his head like, yeah, you know, you made that happen. So uh, I don't know. I I don't know for sure. Um, what the feeling is in the locker room as far as Krasov is concerned. But I got to believe there's at least a couple of guys, maybe that doesn't sit well with them. The fact that Krasov still has a roster spot, the guy that quit twice on this team, and guys like Dryden Hunt and Ryan Reeves, flawed though they may be, 
go to go to work for this team every single night and every single game. So something to keep in mind uh, for sure. Uh, got a lot else we want to talk about here today. I uh, might as well talk about this right now, in fact. So I wanted to share a story from this most recent game. Uh, there was a goal that Artemi Panarin scored, or we thought it was a goal. The Rangers were on the power play, and it looked like uh, Artemi Panarin was finally going to break out of his uh, goal-scoring slump. Uh, he scored, you know, but he the, the play was overturned because, as it turns out, the Rangers were offside on that play. Um, but I was watching the game with my wife because, you know, it's an afternoon game, and she's a big Ranger fan too, and our daughter was taking a nap, so we had, you know, a little bit of time to watch the Rangers together, which, which was really nice. Um, but, you know, the Rangers are on the power play, and she follows this team, and she knows how good their power play is when they're right. And, you know, she said something like, oh, the Ranger power play is good. I said, like, yeah, they are, but, you know, they haven't really been that good lately. And so, you know, she asked what's wrong, and I say, well, they, they keep doing the same thing. Everybody, the only play that the Rangers seem to go with when they're on the power play is trying to set up Mika for the one-timer. Instead of, you know, getting those deflections to Chris Kreider, and I, I said, you know, guys like Fox and Panarin, you know, they should be shooting a little bit more often. So the power play wears on and it keeps going. And Panarin gets the puck, you know, in the right circle there. And he's moving toward the net. And there's so many times where Panarin will have the puck in this spot on the ice. And he'll kind of draw the defenders toward him by doing what he did here, which is to move toward the net. And then once he does that, you know, he'll pass to somebody. And on one hand, I mean, hey, Panarin's a great passer. He should take advantage of that skill but I'd like to see him shoot a little bit more. And Bible truth, as Panarin was moving toward the net here, I said, I wasn't angry, but I was very firm. I said, just shoot it. Like, I didn't want to see a pass here. I didn't want to see him force the puck across the ice to Mika Zibanejad or try to go in deep to Kreider or anything like that or pass back to Fox at the blue line. Just shoot it. That's what I said. He shot it. He scored. And as fate would have it, uh, the goal ends up being overturned. So that was unfortunate. But yeah, just kind of one of those... Uh, interesting little stories uh, that I occasionally share while I'm watching these games. And again, you know, that's something that was going to be prominently featured in our last episode. After two periods, you know, you start to have a feeling for how the episode's going to go. The Rangers are up 3-0. They're looking great. I mean, not perfect, but for the most part, a really strong game for the Rangers through two periods. And that obviously didn't make the cut in our last episode because that game changed on a dime in the, uh, in the third period there. But anyway, I want to uh, continue rolling here this episode and talk about uh, some injury updates. I want to uh, discuss the new line combinations that we saw at practice. And I also want to address this another thing that didn't make it into our last episode, the Ranger fans booing the team at the end of the uh, the most recent game against the Oilers and the most recent third period collapse by this New York Ranger team. And we will do all that in just a second. All right, so let's kind of compare and contrast the lineup from this most recent game to uh, what we saw at practice on Sunday. So the most recent game, they stick with, uh, or no, they, they switch up the top line a little bit and they go with Kreider, Mika, and Panarin, super stacking the top line. And they went with uh, second and third lines, respectively, of VZ, Trocha, Goodrow, and Lafreniere, Heedle, and Kako. When I saw this, excuse me, when I saw this, I thought that this meant that the Rangers were going to go with the kid line as sort of the second line. And I guess I kind of jumped the gun there. I mean, it, it's kind of six for one and half a dozen for the other. Time on the ice was comparable between these two lines. Uh, Trocek, among those six players that I just mentioned, had the most time on the ice. Uh, Lafreniere, Hito, and Kako all had more ice time than VZ or Goodrow. So it's a step in the right direction. Um, you know, these are the lines that I actually propose as something that you could do 
uh, at the start of the season. It's not something that I wanted to see right out of the starting blocks, but it's a way to super stack your top line and get all three of the kids into the top six, which is something that uh, certain Ranger fans have been clamoring for. And what you do, once again, you go Kreider, Mika, Panarin, you stack that top line, and you go uh, Lafreniere, Hedl, and Kako as your second line. And then you go with any combination of players on the third line. Certainly, uh, Trocek is going to be there. And if they want to go with VZ and Goodrow, I'm cool with that. That works for me. Uh, but instead, you know, at least going by the depth chart, uh, VZ and Goodrow and Trocheck, that was the second line instead of the kid line. And then the fourth line remained intact, Carpenter centering Blay and Gautier. And one other thing that I wanted to mention here, I saw there, there was a comment during the premiere of our most recent episode on YouTube. And, you know, the live chat happens, and sometimes I'll be in the live chat, and you guys, you know, you send your comments, and I'll respond, and, you know, we have, we have a good time talking Ranger hockey. It's always a lot of fun. Um, I did notice, though, uh, the live chat ended before I had a chance to respond to, I believe it was DJ, and uh, DJ mentioned to me that he thinks that sometimes I and other people and other fans of this team in general, you know, kind of put the kids on a pedestal a little bit and kind of give them a little bit more credit than they deserve. I get where you're coming from. Again, I believe it was DJ who said this. I get where you're coming from, and there's a very good chance that I do occasionally do that. But when the alternatives are playing guys like Jimmy Vesey and Sammy Blay and Julian Gauthier, who has played well, but for the most part, hasn't done a whole lot in his Ranger tenure— uh, when the option is those guys in the top six over Lafreniere and Hedl and Kako, yeah, I would like to see the kids get a chance. And, you know, I, they don't really get to play on the power play that often, so I would like to just see them get a little bit more run. You're, you're never going to get the most out of these guys if they don't get, you know, a decent amount of ice time. And uh, we'll see if that ends up happening in this game because it looks like two out of the three kids, quote-unquote, will be in the top six uh, for this game coming up here tonight, or at least they will if the Rangers go with the lines that they went with on practice on Sunday, which is a big if. But right now, the way they lined up at practice on Sunday, you go back to the line that the Rangers have mostly been going with as their top line, and that is Mika centering Chris Kreider and Jimmy Vesey. The second line, at least at practice once again, Hedl centering Panarin and Kako. The third line is Goudreau centering Lafreniere and Krasov. And then the fourth line, Carpenter centering Blay and Gautier. And obviously, uh, Trocek missing from practice. Uh, if Trocek plays, then I'd imagine what you probably do. Trocek might go back to the second line with Panarin and Kako, or maybe he plays on the third line and he centers that line. You have Lafreniere on the left wing and Goudreau moves from uh, center to right wing. The other option, of course, is that you take Carpenter out of the lineup and then you put uh, you know, Goudreau on the fourth line at center and you put Trocek at the third line at center. So the Rangers have some options. We'll see uh, what they end up doing here. And it's tough right now because I'm not usually a fan of you know constantly shuffling the lines and, and hitting the shuffle button and, and juggling everything on a near constant basis. But the Rangers are searching for some answers right now. They're experimenting with some things. So we'll see how these lines go uh, when they line up against the Devils tonight. I can't really go crazy about it because, again, they're, they're trying to find a formula that works. And I can at least appreciate that, uh, you know, everybody's being given an opportunity for the most part to, uh, you know, claim a, a prominent spot on this team. Again, I would like to see the kids get, you know, some top six minutes, but we shall see what the Rangers do. As far as injury updates, so Adam Fox missed practice on Sunday. He was feeling a little bit under the weather. Uh, Trocek received a maintenance day. Both of them are expected to play uh, for this game against the Devils here tonight, Monday night. And Ryan Lindgren missed the practice with the dreaded upper body injury. He is considered day-to-day. -day. And as we all know, anybody that watches Locked On New York Rangers, this guy is a team MVP. I don't even think I'm exaggerating anymore. Like, it's legit. Like, when he 
is not on the ice, this Ranger team just falls apart defensively. So uh, Ryan Lindgren playing tonight is is absolutely huge. It, it's, it'd be huge for the Rangers, and it would really uh, improve their chances of knocking off this Devils team that has obviously been very good at the start of the season. Uh, something else I wanted to do here was address the uh, the Madison Square Garden crowd booing the Rangers at the end of this game. Now, I'm usually against this. I'm not a big fan of, you know, booing your own team, your own players. I will say in this case, it was 100% justified, 100% warranted. Because it's not just an isolated incident. This has been happening way too much to the Rangers this season. They're playing badly in the third period. They're giving away leads, uh, undisciplined hockey, taking stupid penalties, things like that. Things that we thought we had gotten away from last season. Some of those bad habits seem to be creeping back in. So I completely understand uh, the fans' frustration and basically just letting the Rangers have, have it at the end of this game. And it's funny because, you know, for the most part, I don't think the Ranger fans have ever really booed this group of Ranger players. You know, the fans are pretty, for the most part, pretty patient and understanding that this team was going to go through a pretty dramatic rebuild and uh, start everything from scratch. And I think the fans, for the most part, gave everybody the benefit of the doubt while that was happening. Then, of course, last year, a very successful season. You get to the Eastern Conference Final. Expectations are high now. And, you know, we keep calling them the kid line. Well, you know, the, these kids have been in the league for a, a handful of years now. And obviously, you know, you expect more from the established stars on this team as well. You don't expect to be losing games that you lead three to nothing with 15 minutes left to go. So I think that's where it's coming from. And, you know, we, Ranger fans will boo, New Year fans will boo, that's for sure. But something else that I wanted to mention here is that uh, Ranger fans, there aren't that many players, at least in my fandom, that Ranger fans have booed over the course of, you know, however many years that is, going back to 1994 for me. Uh, guys that I can remember being booed, Marty St. Louis actually got booed when he first got traded to the Rangers because he got off to a really slow start with the team. And, of course, he was dealt for Ryan Callahan. Uh, Callahan and the Rangers couldn't come to an agreement on an extension. But I think for the most part, you know, Cali was a pretty popular member of the Rangers while he was here. St. Louis came in and struggled off the, uh, you know, from, from the start there. Um, they eventually warmed up to him, obviously, uh, when he had that awesome playoff run for the team. And, you know, other players that got booed, Merrick Malik, I can remember, he used to get booed because, I mean, he was as big as a tree out there, but he just didn't play like it. He wouldn't throw his weight around. He wouldn't play physical. Uh, Michael Roosevelt, I remember, started to hear it from the Ranger fans toward the end of his tenure. I always thought that one was a little bit unjustified. I mean, he wasn't great, and his play definitely fell off. But for a few years there, you know, Roosevelt was a really good defenseman for the Rangers. And trying to think of players, you know, off the top of my head as far as guys that got booed, those are the only ones that I can really think of. But I will tell you one player that's in danger of potentially getting booed if this continues the way it has. And I'm not, again, trying to pile on. I'm not trying to lay everything at the feet of Jacob Truba. But when you look at the fact that he's this, the Ranger captain, you look at the fact that he's making $8 million a season, and you look at the fact that he just frankly hasn't played that well this season, I think if it continues much longer, he might end up being a target of this Ranger, fan, uh, Ranger fandom. I'm not advocating for it. I don't like it when players get booed, but I'm just, I'm looking at the writing on the wall here. You know, sooner or later, Ranger fans are going to get frustrated. I think we're already there where Ranger fans are frustrated. And they might take out their frustration on, you know, a certain player, and, and that might be Jacob Truba. Now, of course, the Rangers are back in action tonight, Monday night, against the New Jersey Devils. Puck drops at 7 p.m. The Devils are 18-4 and after losing uh, their first two games of the season. The Rangers are 10-8-4, and and... Something I also want to call some attention to here. So the Raiders were 10-7-4, you know, during their last game. And Joe Micheletti, who I, I think does a fantastic job, him and Sam Rosen are awesome. Any long-term listeners of this podcast, you guys know I'm a big fan of them. But he mentioned that 
oh, well, you know, the Rangers, they thought they'd be, they'd have a little bit better of a record right now than they do, but they are still three games over 500. No, they're not. Okay. 10, seven and four, you are one game under 500. I realize the overtime losses, you get a point for those. And, you know, they're their own column when you look at the standings. Bottom line, the Rangers had won 10 games and they had lost 11. And they have now won 10 games and lost 12. I, I'll never change my mind on that. A loss is still a loss. And I get where he's coming from. Uh, but I'll, I'll agree to disagree with uh, the color analyst of the New York Rangers on that one. You know, usually when we're previewing a game, you know, I'll take a look at like power play versus penalty kill and, you know, which defenseman should the Rangers play against that team's top line, things like that. But I'm not going to even bother with that for this one. You know what? This is a rivalry game. It gets nasty between the Rangers and Devils. The faces change. The coaches change. It seems to always be one of the more nasty New York Ranger rivalries. And the Rangers just need a win tonight. I don't care about power play versus penalty kill or any of that kind of stuff or who's in net for the Devils. Uh, I care about the Rangers putting their best foot forward and going out there and competing their tails off. That's all it's about. To me, this is, this is going to be a game of will over skill. And that's what the Rangers need to show us. They need to show that they're still that same blue-collar team that basically just outworked everybody last year. We have not seen nearly enough of that this season. It's gut-check time for this team. You can turn your season around tonight because this Devils team, whether we like it or not, they're 18-4 and after starting 0-2. So they've won 18 out of their last 20 games. Pretty wild. Uh, again, you can, if you're the Rangers, you can draw the line in the sand right now and say our season starts tonight, and it's going to start with us going out there and taking care of business against our division rivals. So that's what I'm looking for. Uh, just a gut check kind of a performance for the New York Rangers. Find a way to go out there and grind your way to a victory. Um, that's pretty much it for today. Like I said, I want to get this episode in before the puck drops for this game against the Devils here uh, tonight, Monday night. Uh, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to lockedonnyrangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is locked on nyrangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts.